Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. This is a podcast where four psychotherapists, three of us Canadian, one of us Americans, review cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am American Ryan Howes from Pasadena, California. And I am Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from the Vancouver, Canada region. And I'm Duana Boyd, a registered clinical counselor from the greater Vancouver area. I'm Chris Boyd, a clinical counselor from uh, Coquitlam. From Coquitlam, yes. All, all of you guys said true statements, even though region and area and then specific to Coquitlam, it's all true. Yeah. Amazing, amazing how that works. Because we language. all work together, the three of us. Yes, of course. I don't think we've ever actually pointed that out, maybe blatantly in the introductions, but Chris, you... Joanna, and myself all work together. Yes, I, I don't know that we had, actually. Um, where do you guys work? Maybe we could talk about that just for a sec. How do you work together? Well, um, I think we may have talked about this, but our, our dad, Joanna and I's dad, yeah. who's been the guest on this podcast probably three or four times, started a practice 39 years ago. And uh, it, uh, we have about 19 or 20 of us working out of this private practice in Greater Vancouver. So Brooke's actually been working there as a therapist the longest than yeah. myself and then Joanna. And, and we all, we all work actually worked as evening receptionists as well back in the day right. at practice as well. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the most recent. I'm coming up on eight years. Uh, eight years. Wow. Which is crazy. And, uh, so it's my practicum there in 2008 and then as an RCC in 2009. So 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Been there a while. So you actually, you work together, but you also, the, I guess the confusing part is you also have these other jobs too that aren't together. Yeah. It's multifaceted here. Yeah. Right. So other contract work and jobs. And we talked about the, the, the fitness center, wellness center, wellness center adjacent to a fitness center. Yeah. All of that too. All kinds of things. Yeah. Yes. So interesting little factoid here we we both are are experiencing or get to celebrate a national holiday this week that are kind of similar but also kind of different and you guys yours is coming up first so tell us about canada day it's on thursday uh -huh. <laughs> what are we celebrating on that day uh canada becoming a nation but right now this this year it's uh in previous years, it's been controversial whether or not to cancel Canada Day, and more so this year because uh, we talked about this on a podcast a few weeks ago, but there's been another residential school that has found unmarked mm -hmm. graves. Um, so, yeah, some cities are canceling festivities, which is partly COVID-related, but also influenced by the findings of the residential schools. So, Is that is that to say we don't want to celebrate... Uh, Canada's becoming a nation because it was at the cost of the indigenous peoples? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So. Why are we celebrating colonization? So, um, yeah, there's some pushback on this right now. And so whether what, what's going to happen there, we're not too sure if that'll stay. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. So for uh, you guys go, my dogs are barking. <laughs> Well, definitely uh, an imperfect nation, but I think there's still some things to celebrate about Canada. Just the openness to maybe uh, assess the wrongdoing and uh, that's been done and try to move forward with that process of reconciliation, especially with our indigenous population. Historically, what do you guys do on that day? We, we have um, our own little rituals for that day. What is it that has traditionally happened? Uh, it's like a, a fourth... Fourth um, of uh, July, or uh, sorry, Independence Day, light. So maybe just uh, we still have barbecues. We get together. Usually, just festivals in each town or city. Some fireworks, but not quite as uh, 
dramatic and as exciting as 4th of July based on my experiences celebrating down south with you guys. Yeah, fireworks are more put on by the city themselves. So it's not like everybody and everybody, anybody, but it's more like, uh, yeah, municipal governments put that together. Um, yeah. So more it's just a day off and everyone kind of hangs out and typically the weather's nice. So you're outside. Yeah, we dress up and and uh, yeah, come together for sure. It's funny, Brooke and I went away last Canada Day. We stayed in a little town called Souk and across, across the bay, across the ocean from where we were staying is a small American town. I forget the name of it, but I'll find out here. Um, so we were, uh, we got to stay for Canada Day as well as 4th of July. And from, I swear, from dusk to probably 2 a.m. or before around the time we went to sleep, there's this constant fireworks across the bay. Yes. So just seeing them, seeing them there. But yeah, hundreds, if not thousands of fireworks from all these different uh, little spots. We love our fireworks here in the U.S., that's for sure. And if there's anything that I think a lot of Americans like more than the official uh, municipal public fireworks displays, it would be the contraband uh, rogue fireworks displays that happen in little neighborhoods and city streets that uh, where people get a hold of something to blow up and they blow it up. And it's, it's interesting. And in the last few years, at least here in Los Angeles, it seems like 4th of July kind of has spread out. So now it's kind of a month before the 4th and a month after. Uh, every night at about sundown, you start hearing the explosions out there and it's people yeah. just kind of doing their fireworks displays. And, and on the 4th, it's, it's, it is major here. I mean, yeah. In, in most of the states it is, but in, in LA, the uh, on the, the 5th of July is a very, very smoky day because so much fireworks have gone yeah. off. The, yeah. uh, the, the haze just kind of hangs out there. But we also have parades at times in different towns. There'll be little parades. Um, little town I lived in, uh, in LA, they've had like a little hometown parade like kids on bicycles and um you know people in scooters things like that that's kind of a fun thing uh little floats yeah it's really uh, fun there's a, a little town really close by across the border called birch bay here and so a lot of places a lot of canadians have places there and so it's like um multiple like little trailer parks and just smaller properties and huge canadian presence but a lot of americans and i was down there with some friends for a 4th of July and witnessed just that. So it's small town, but there was this like little parade and everybody was out on the streets. And then later that night, everybody, like people were pulling the couches out from their living rooms into their front yards because mm -hmm. you're right on the bay of the ocean. Oh, nice. Um, and then going out onto the beach and everybody's lighting up their, their firecrackers and fireworks and all kinds of stuff. And everyone's riding around on their bicycles and no one was driving. It was a little bit more, uh, uh, chaos but fun chaos than what we would experience up here yes yeah we have fun chaos there's always uh some things being set on fire uh <laughs> the fire department is very active on fourth of july usually down here yeah. there are typically some people blowing off uh fingers and uh, other body parts because they're mishandling their gunpowder explosives but for the most part, people try to keep it kind of kind of safe and sane. Um, barbecues are big. Apple pie is big. So it's a nice day. It's a nice celebration. So happy Canada Day to you guys. Happy, happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July to you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Um, I guess we should do our our ambush, right? So Ryan, do we want to mention the book? Do we want to oh. mention the book that we're we're working on reading, or or do we want to do that at the end? Let us do that right now. Let's do that. So we are doing our book club again. <clears throat> the book club is coming up. When is it happening? Two, Two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Okay. And the book it is black. Like Ryan, you haven't started reading it, listening to it yet. You know, I have not this time, but I will. I have. Otherwise, I'm like occupied. an hour in. I'm listening. Oh, you're listening this time. You're not reading. I'm listening, not reading. And 
I already have some impressions and I can tell you what they are. All right. So the book is Black Swan, Taleb, right? Yep. And, uh, and it's one that's been out for 15 years, but none of us have read it. So we want to come to it with fresh eyes. <clears throat> I'm not even going to read any reviews of it. I'm just going to give my own opinion. So yeah. we welcome everyone to join in and uh, pick up their copy or dust off an old copy. And we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. We'll do the book club, right? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yes. Thanks for the reminder, Joe. It's great. Yeah. It's also started as well. But yes. So hopefully we'll all be ready, ready to go. Okay. Talking to me. <laughs> Talking to yourself. <clears throat> um, if you look way back, one of our most popular episodes, Joe, is one on procrastination, which I think uh, was also your topic. So you can listen right. back to that and get some tips on how to overcome that. Thank you. Or just listen to the book. Okay. Topic tonight is, is it Brooke? Is it your turn? No? Uh-oh. All right. Tired, tired old joke. It's actually me. I get to do the ambush. I am on for tonight. So uh, I'm going to send the question to myself. Three of you do not know what it is. I hope it inspires a little bit of conversation here. I think it's actually a little topical for where we are right now. <clears throat> All right. You guys ready? Look alive. Yes. Look alive. Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Here is the topic for the night. Ready? Relaxation. Why should we relax? What is the best way to rest and relax? What is intentional relaxation? And is it better to be busy on vacation or to do nothing? Hmm. All right, then. This is uh, this is a very, mental health this is a mental health topic. Very fitting for uh, the start of summer. Well, you yeah. guys are like a few weeks into your summer, but yeah, yes. And this this was one that that was inspired by that actually, as I was uh, contemplating this topic because <clears throat> I've had I've had different kinds of vacations, right? I've had the vacations where I, you know I go somewhere, I've got a packed itinerary. I'm seeing a bunch of stuff, you know, going to museums or, you know, old sites to see and spot things to do and meals to eat, all this kind of stuff. And that's, that can be fun. I don't consider that relaxing when mm -hmm. I'm on that kind of vacation, but it's, it's fun. It's kind of interesting, but oftentimes when I get back from those vacations, I feel like I need a vacation for my vacation. Like now I need to rest because that was actually tiring. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's, that's in the, in the, in the vacation mode, but, uh, but this also is about any sort of downtime that we have. And I, I find myself talking with clients a lot of times about how, how do they relax? And, and oftentimes they'll say, well, I watch a lot of Netflix or I, um, you know, I, I just, I play a lot of video games or something like that, where I'm not so sure that that's really relaxation in the, uh, in the, in the clinical sense of relaxation. Right. Because you are, maybe you're you're passive during that time, but uh, you know, is your brain really relaxing? Is your body really relaxing? You know, if you're watching a tense movie, that wouldn't call that relaxing. So, I just wanted to throw out the topic, see what you guys think about uh, about this this area of relaxation. So a little bit of a linguistics linguistics game here, right? Like. Um, you know, for someone who's going to engage in video games or a suspenseful movie, that might actually be a bit more distracting or engaging versus relaxing. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for like a discussion on just what, what would you consider the key markers of relaxation to be? Is it just um, the releasing of tension from your body, kind of like where you're and I guess your that's mind for, is clear, like kind of like a deflated balloon situation, but a happy deflated balloon. I, I, yeah, I guess that's 
I, I think the the def definition is really a big part of this, uh, as we usually like try to define our terms, because I think that a lot of people think if I'm not working and I'm just sitting on the couch, uh, you know, my body isn't physically moving, then I must that must be relaxing. But they don't realize that that's not necessarily relaxing. <clears throat> they could actually be still stressed out or, or tense or, or actually creating more stress in their body. And so I think that's that's what I want to help inform people about here. You know? mm -hmm. And then how does that differ from self-care, right? I actually had this conversation with a client recently, like with more in the realm of self-care, though, of um, are you doing things that are genuine self-care? Are you just doing the things that you have been told are self-care? Like, mm. Are the things you're doing actually being replenishing or are you just doing them because that's the what you think you're supposed to do, right? Like um, vegging out on the weekend and watching some Netflix is low key, doesn't require a lot of energy, but how do you actually feel after versus if you were to talk with a friend or go for a hike or finish the dishes or whatever that might be in the realm of self-care. So I'm, I'm curious, is that kind of what you're wondering about too, Ryan, but just more in the realm of relaxation? Like, yeah, I want to, I want to help people know how to relax. I want people to know how to restore their bodies and minds. That's really what this is about. Yeah. Remember uh, Dan Siegel and this healthy mind platter. We talked about how we, every single day we should be focusing on certain areas uh, for instance, focus time would include uh, school and work. Um, one of the other ones, uh, uh, nutrition, sleep, uh, um, play time, so that's more activities uh, to engage in. Um, but downtime was a component of that. And that was, I think what he was trying to get at is the importance of unstructured time, right? So I'm not even sure if like sitting there and watching Netflix is technically relaxation, you may feel more relaxed compared to work. It may not be a focus time, but there's still a lot going on there within your mind and body, right? As you're engaged in, in tracking or following this show. So when I think of relaxation, I think more like uh, meditation, uh, spending time in nature, uh, kind of decompressing, right? Having that bath, um, stuff like that. But. And that's, that's where, uh, you know, there's, there's a little sub area that some people focus on called intentional relaxation, which is not just the passive piece, but this, I am going to relax. Like, uh, and that might be meditation. That might be, I'm going to take a bath now and I'm going to really work on either uh, clearing my mind or really making sure my body, the tension in my body is being released. Right. Like yeah. uh, like progressive muscle relaxation is one thing that a lot of people do where you, yeah. you flex, you flex and release every muscle group, starting with your feet, going to the top of your head. And you are really intentionally trying to make sure that the tension is leaving your body. And yeah, that's uh, very helpful for people. Yeah. So you're taking a bit of a mental break, right? Um, which is not easy for people to do because what I hear from a lot of clients and, and friends and families too at times is like when things become quiet, when you have that unstructured time, that's where the mind starts to take over. That's where fixation and rumination kicks in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you start to focus yeah. on those things that are worrying you or concerning you. So there's a lot of folks out there who will try everything to not have that downtime because it's overwhelming for them. So true. And I think so much of the time too, I think when it, like you said, Chris, like when it comes to like things like Netflix or people, one of the things people spend a lot of their time doing is, and I'm guilty of it, is just scrolling my phone or, you know, kind of, I find it's more of an escape. So am I necessarily relaxed? I might think I am, but then I also finish that and I realize, A, that did not really help my stress because I, it took me away from all the other things I had to do. Um, and it's just kind of prolonging other things. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It was a good mental break, but ultimately did it fully add to relaxation? Maybe in some way, but um, in other ways, not so much. It's maybe it's more like a spectrum of relaxation. So I would argue that I like to unwind and watch a Netflix mm -hmm. show because it kind of gets me away from yeah. work and other, other things going on. Totally. But is it what Ryan would refer to as intentional relaxation? Definitely not, right? No. So it's better than maybe 
some of the other activities I could be doing in that moment, but maybe I'm not reaping the benefits of having more of that, that true mental break, you know? Absolutely. Because the benefits are, are pretty profound. Um, you know, it can replenish energy and uh, encourage creativity, solidify memories. Like there's a lot, a lot there. Um, so a lot of people, I think our culture often, uh, we emphasize the importance of keeping busy, busyness, right? Yeah. So downtime is often interpreted in, in a very negative way. Uh, sometimes it's uh, referred to as laziness or um, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a, the best connotation, but, but I, you know, back to Dan Siegel, I think that balance is so key, isn't it? It is key, and it's uh, and we talked about play a little while ago. You know, and play is something that isn't. And when we're adults, it has to kind of become intentional. We have to kind of make time for it and and be uh, carve that out and make sure that we're having that kind of fun, unstructured time. But I think uh, relaxation is is something similar, but you know, not as, not as engaging as play even, but to really just be letting go and let go of the tension in your body and, and your mind. Mm-hmm. So Chris, as you were mentioning downtime there um, and how maybe when we're so fixated on busyness that it's equated to laziness, I, I think that there's also an assumption that downtime equals relaxation. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think that they're synonymous, right? Like, so if you're having downtime, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're productively re- relaxing. It could be that you're avoiding or disconnecting, right? Or fixating or ruminating. Or, or yeah. fixating or ruminating or what, whatever. But I, I do think a lot of people when they're like, oh, I had downtime this weekend. Um, they think that means in some ways that they should be relaxed. Like I spent time, I had downtime. So therefore I had relaxation time, but I don't think that the time they spent was actually relaxing if they were to reflect on it. Here's a question for you. During, during the height of the pandemic, a lot of people staying indoors were finding things like jigsaw puzzles and knitting and making sourdough bread and all all these things that were ways to kind of sort of keep busy, but they're also, not too mentally intensive, right? Would you consider that relaxing or re- relaxation or not? If we're yeah, looking I think at the spectrum, I guess. Yeah, I think it's uh, back to that spectrum idea. So um, it depends who the person is. If I had to learn how to knit for the first time, it would definitely would not be relaxing for me. It'd probably be considered focus time, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Brooke, I think she crochets, so that could yeah. definitely be a way for her to unwind potentially, right? I quite enjoy it, yeah. So just the fact that it's like a repetitive movement and you're finishing something and um, yeah, having music playing in the background. So I'm not watching something like a show, there's no media involved. Um, yeah, I find that quite relaxing. But I also find like lying in the sun relaxing. <laughs> I'm not one to nap, but I am one to suntan. That is for sure. So how would, okay, so, because I feel like some things that are for listeners, because I feel like we've talked so much about like positive, like, or just coping techniques. And that could be for some knitting. Um, it could be, yeah, watching TV, could be going for a walk, things like that. So can we just give examples of what relaxation would be? Because I think there's benefits of, like, so more like visualization, maybe deep breathing, meditations more so. Um, like, would is that kind of what that would be? Like, actively kind of focusing on the body, calming the body. Um, whereas when you're knitting, I think you're kind of chill. Um, but is there that connection with the body necessarily or actively trying to work at calming the body? Or can they work hand in hand? Or I don't know. It's, it's just to try to find like what are some examples of relaxation versus positive coping, or are they similar? I'm also hearing kind of the question of like how do you know when you are relaxed? 
Hmm. Yep. Uh, that's a good question too. Uh, yeah. To, to, let's address that in a second, Joe. <clears throat> sure. What What is it? What are some things that people can do to relax and like intentionally relax? Sitting in the sun. I think that's a nice one. Please wear your sunscreen. Or sitting in the shade. Or sitting also in the shade. Lovely. Right. Right. Being in nature. Um, Getting a massage. Doing, massage. Yeah. Stretching. How about, how about uh, riding the bus or SkyTrain? Looking at the all the different views and yeah. Some people like to go for drives as well, like just transport. Uh, I think some other sort of, you know, self-carry techniques, like the, the deep breathing. Uh, people talk about uh, different things, you know, breathing in to the count of four, holding it for the count of four, breathing out to a count of four, holding that for count of four, like square breathing is what that's called. That's something that people can do to intentionally kind of calm and relax their body, bring down their heart rate, lower the blood pressure. Um, I mentioned progressive muscle relaxation, reflex a muscle group and relax it, let that tension go. Um, you know, meditation and, and mindfulness work is something we've, we've addressed and will continue to address, but that's just being aware of what's going on in your body and in your mind and your feelings. Uh, not without judgment and uh, just kind of observing those things, right? Yeah, guided imagery, visualization, like thinking of a place where you have felt calm or uh, think of that beach that you may have visited last year or something like that and sure. remembering kind of how it felt in the body. Um, aromatherapy for some could be re relaxing, smelling different, whether oils or just different scents that you have around. Um, yeah, back to guy imagery, Joe. He did a study um, a while ago, and they measured someone's brain waves while they're looking at their hand. So as the person was looking at their hand, the occipital lobes lit up, and for other parts of the brain lit up too. And then the person was asked to close their eyes and imagine that hand in front of them, and almost the identical parts of the brain lit up. So researchers looking at side by side scans could not tell if the person was looking at their hand or imagining that hand. So Joanna mentioned guided imagery. If you can't be on that really nice beach in Greece, then uh, maybe just visualize yourself there. Um, so focus on the senses, right? Is there a smell? Is there a sound? Uh, is there a breeze? And uh, your body should calm down as if you're actually there in person. So it really does help to have a place in nature that you've been to and maybe do a bit of a mental inventory of what it's like to, to be there, just so you can recall that when you actually want to relax. Interesting. The, uh, you mentioned that Chris, the, the whole uh, realm of, of, I guess, science and also business surrounding uh, artificial intelligence and like uh, creating uh, virtual reality, those sorts of things. That's all built on that very principle that uh, it's sort of like, how can we sort of fool your brain into thinking that what you're seeing and smelling and hearing is, is real, even though you're not actually there. Right. Or, you know, will the brain just actually will just it will buy in and say, yeah, you are there. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the next few years. We've been hearing a lot about it in, in science fiction and, and more and more scientific studies coming up there, but yeah, you can put someone, on a beach uh they can smell it they can see it they can hear it they can taste it <laughs> and uh what's the difference right yeah sure. so yes guided imagery great stuff there okay uh anything else to intentionally relax see again i think there's a the threshold music? Well, oh, go ahead, Joe. Listen to music. Listen to music. Yeah. What about what about uh, drugs? Um, you know, people, there's a huge market out there for uh, Valium, Xanax, uh, alcohol. Some people say is the kind of number one anxiety medication. 
Um, you know, a lot of things that we, we ingest in order to sort of create a sense of relaxation and calm, right? People oftentimes will say, <clears throat> have a drink at the end of the day to take the edge off, right? What, a, what do we know about that? Chemical dependency experts. Um, it's not, uh, it, it can give you a sense of calm, no doubt, because it releases various neurochemicals, including dopamine and serotonin. And um, unfortunately though, it can be detrimental to the brain and body in a lot of ways as well. So for instance, drinking, a lot of, you know, some clients I work with, they say, yeah, drinking helps me relax at night after a hard day's work. And uh, again, it gives that, that sense of, of that. You can make sense based on the neurochemicals that are released, but it also does lots of things that are detrimental to your mental health and physical health at the same time, right? Especially over prolonged periods of time of consistent yeah, like use. Yeah, right? frequency and intensity and duration of use, of course. Mm -hmm. um, they can increase levels of irritability and, and obviously dehydrate, dehydrates the body and um, depletes the body of nutrients, like it, it can be problematic too, again, based on how much you're drinking. Sure. So I remember being back at uh, this psychotherapy networker symposium. I think we mentioned this in an earlier podcast on sleep that um, there's a new study. The um, presenter is talking about how one glass of wine or one beer or one drink can impact our quality of sleep, just one. And I've never seen a room um, I've never seen a group of therapists so angry because they're like, well, how about the French study about one glass of red wine can help with the heart? And it's like, whoa, 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 don't shoot the messenger here. But he was saying even one drink can actually impact your sleep and deplete our ability to bounce back the next day, right? So you don't feel replenished and rested. So I think that's one of the big issues is a big part of um, our, you know, having the ability to relax is feeling well rested. There we are. Yes. So as it is with many topics, um, the answer is it depends. So alcohol can help in maybe in short-term ways uh, to some degree and probably has a lot to do with body chemistry as well and different people's makeup. But, uh, but certainly I think it's, there's consensus that, you know, prolonged, heavy use is not going to be very relaxing for somebody and people um a lot of people know a lot of people i know who who struggle with with a lot of anxiety will will talk about this rebound effect like yes there's maybe while they're drinking on saturday night they feel calm and they feel fine but then sunday morning wake up with a spike in anxiety and a lot of a lot of panic attacks happen during that time exactly yeah so it's so. very short term it's not mm -hmm. long lasting and it ends up putting your body in more distress. Mm -hmm. Can be the case. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So just out of curiosity, since we're a group of friends here, what what is your ideal relaxation? What do you do to relax? I think there's like a variety of things that happen depending on what, like what you feel you need, right? Or what I feel I need. Uh -huh. Sometimes I just need to stay home. Often relaxation for me does not involve media. So watching a show or a movie like that, that kind of is relaxing, but often that's not uh, maximum relaxation for me personally. Um, so I might read a book or listen to music or do art or uh, connect with a friend who is a deeper friendship. For me, that's relaxing because it's a, the type of friend where you can go for a walk and you guys don't have to talk together, like talk the whole time. Like you can say hi or say something and then not say anything for 10 minutes and then say something mm -hmm. or anything involving like laughter. Um, mm -hmm that seems to be relaxing for me where it releases the tension. And then um, I, I enjoy reverse sleeping in for me. I love that. So 
Uh, I like to get up at the same time every day. I like to get up a little bit earlier. I also have dogs, so they don't necessarily let me sleep in, which is fine because I enjoy the daylight. So I will go to bed earlier instead of sleeping in. And for me, that's lovely and relaxing. I've never heard that called reverse sleeping in before. That's I don't know what it, what else to call it. Going to bed early. It sounds so like boring. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it it hits the point a lot better when you call it reverse sleeping in because it is it's just increasing your sleep. It yeah. feels a little luxurious. Look, feels a little decadent, but you're actually not messing with your day or your morning at least. Yeah, and then depending on the weather, like if it's winter, then having a hot shower super relaxing. And if it's in the summer, like being able to lie in the sun for a little bit or go for a swim or like that kind of stuff, then I'll feel super relaxed or, or when you're finished a hike. Mm -hmm. For me, that's really relaxing because your body's just like done. Everything is out. It's clear and it feels amazing. Yeah. What about you guys? I would agree with the the hike part, except that I'm, I like to go for runs. I like to be a, a jogger at times. And, and the more, the longer or more vigorous the run, the more relaxed I feel afterwards. I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. There's, that's the reward. It's, it's, uh, it can be interesting and fun when I, while I'm on the run itself, but afterwards that, that sense of like, okay, I've, I've kind of spent a lot of my energy and, uh, and I've, I think there's there's a little bit of American, you know, I've earned this. <laughs> you know, I've, I've put forth my effort, so now I deserve this time to relax um, is part of that, too. Um, I will also add to that um, listening to or playing music. Listening to music is, is nice. Relaxing stuff for me would be the like the classical stuff or instrumental stuff. Um, I also like to, I strum a guitar once in a while, so I like to do that, and that feels relaxing for me. Um, if I'm trying to learn something new, then that gets a little more focused time, but, but just playing some songs that I already know, that feels pretty relaxing for me. And although we've talked a lot about uh, how, how I've listened to books, I also still do read books, and I find that to be relaxing too. That's my, my go-to uh, you know, end of the night before going to bed thing, reading a book. And uh, that always calms my mind, calms my body, lets me just kind of ease out. And when you mentioned before something about baths, I don't take baths, but uh, whenever I get a chance to sit in a hot tub, boy, that feels relaxing to me. Mm. I don't know, I get to do that very often, but whenever I do, I really like a good hot tub. That feels pretty good. Cool. How about you guys? Uh, oh, go ahead, Joe. Um, yeah, I think there's some, some definite ones in there. For me, yeah, nature's big. I think um, getting out for a hike and yeah, that feeling of fatigue comes with fatigue and yeah, accomplishment and do something good for your body and just, oh, okay. Especially if it's followed by a really relaxing day after that's like a weekend day of some kind. Um, when there's a luxury of having like a quiet morning coffee, I think that's really nice. Um, yeah, I think it's just, you don't have, yeah, if you're not rushing off anywhere, or just you're kind of not working. I think that you're just like, okay, with a state of relaxation, uh, couple that with like doing a crossword that for me, I don't do very often, but when I do that, I'm like, this is intentional. And it feels like I like to do this. It just, I know I'm able in a place of relaxing when I, um, have time to do a crossword. Um, yeah, what else? I think for me, I do sometimes crave uh, sitting on the couch doing nothing, watching a show. I think that's because I'm mentally stimulated all day, like all of us, with like listening to clients. And sometimes I just want to turn off. So for me, that is relaxing. Um, yeah, what else? I mean, especially summer, jumping in a lake jumping in a pool that's always really nice as well just on the body itself and I like listening to music so whether it's um finding new songs and I will listen to them over and over again they they really bring me some sense of peace so that's nice those are the ones that come to mind 
Was that it? Yeah. I think so. I think everyone had like a lot. a good list. Everyone had a list. It's amazing you can fit anything else into your schedule. Just uh, a little <laughs> yeah. relaxation time. Not saying I do these a lot. That's the thing. Yeah. It could be happening a lot more. The morning coffee one, Joe? Bang on. Yeah. So I, I definitely, that's part of the reason I get up at a good hour is to make sure I can have a tea in the morning. And like, if it's nice out or moderate, like I'm outside right away and just taking in nature and listening oh, to the birds okay. and feeling the breeze and having a cup of tea and getting sorted for the day. Not really thinking about anything, just watching the world. And it's amazing. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. So in my mind, I, I see certain activities as unwinding and other ones as relaxing. So that's kind of how I make sense of it in my mind. But so I unwind by watching a Netflix show. Sometimes that's a nice way to finish off the day and disengage from work. Uh, I may also putter. I like to putter a lot. So usually there's a task I'm working on, but it's not too intensive. And usually outside doing something. Going for walks is fantastic as well. When I think of relaxation, um, yeah, the morning coffee is nice. Going on vacation is nice. Just being away, physically away from from home and work uh, increases the probability of vacation. I think we're going to get to this soon, but um, I guess that, you know, especially uh, vacation by a beach like Tofino or uh, I'm fortunate to own a cabin myself and my siblings. So there it kind of helps as well. Uh, I also play Minecraft, which I see that as relaxing. It's pretty mindless, but I build things and I find it very, uh, helps me uh, de-escalate and I feel more energized after. Uh, I totally agree with Ryan. When you go for a run, it sets you up to be in a relaxed state because sometimes I'm like, okay, I want to relax, but you have so much energy there that's so tough to focus on your breathing or do a meditative practice. So running can get me into that state, which is good. Then, as I just mentioned, meditation. Just, I definitely do some of that, the stretching or breath awareness and stuff. Great. That's me. Uh, maybe I can I can hook you up with one of my kids with the Minecraft. You guys can you know build stuff together. That'd be kind of cool. I've, I've been told by my nephews that I'm an exceptional builder. I'm not the best at uh, survival mode. That's not my realm. But. Uh, some of the kids are pretty impressed by my work, so I'll have to show it to them next time. You should also show them Liam's paper house. Yeah, yeah. Sure. My, my uh, roommate, down, downstairs roommate's brother is going to art school and he had to make like a, a room, but only out of paper, mm. like the scale. And he showed us his room and it's like crazy, incredible. It's amazing. So he's like a, a mature adult going to like formal art school anyways. I made fun of Chris because it was like, oh, you should show Liam your Minecraft. <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was intense. I, I like that distinction, Chris, unwinding versus relaxation. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, that is a good one. I think that works works well for a lot of what we've been talking about. And uh, yeah, I, I find, I don't know if you guys find this, but when I'm taking a, a longer vacation, it usually takes me two or three days to get, get to that place. <clears throat> usually in the first couple of days, I'm still like, I'm planning something or I'm, I'm still wrap, I'm either wrapping up stuff from my, from the rest of my life. And then, uh, then I'm like, I'm getting into some sort of a task or what I'm going to do during this vacation. You know, maybe I should write something wonderful or I should, uh, you know, create something great. And that usually lasts for a day or two. And then and then I finally kind of drift into actual vacation mode, actual relaxation mode, where I'm not, not thinking about work anymore. I'm not thinking about uh, trying to be productive. I'm just, just kind of flowing through, floating through the days. And kind of, I love getting to that point where if you've been on vacation for a while, and, and I'm fortunate enough to have taken a few vacations and you know, when you get to the place where you're like, what day is it again? Like where, <laughs> what's going on today? Do we have a plan? What's happening? Yeah. We've, uh, I've been taking like alternating weeks and extra day off here and there. So uh, extra long weekends on alternating weeks. And 
for for maybe a few weeks now, but now I'm kind of at the point where every weekend really feels like a vacation. So it's, yeah, kind of just falling right into that rhythm of be here now, do what you need to, like work is done, relinquish that and just be in the moment. And it's been extremely replenishing. Mm. It's, it's very okay. interesting. So it might be a normal weekend, which I don't take clients on Fridays. Fridays would be an admin day. So it might still be Friday, Saturday, Sunday of no clients, but by Sunday, it feels like I've had five or six days off. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And it's really just been the past few weeks that that's really set in. Um, and I'm guessing because the rhythm's been there now for a few months. So my nervous system can let go of that and just be present in the moment. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Final point here, which is actually one of the first ones I asked, but I think we really addressed it, which is why is this even important? You know, if, if we're capable of working all the time, why shouldn't we just do that? I mean, that, we could make more money that way. We could, uh, you know, could prestige, climb the ladder. What, what is actually the, the psychological benefit of relaxation um, or if, and physical benefit? What, what's important about that? Um, I think there's a lot of benefits off the top of my head. I can't think of too, too many, but um, if, if your balance is out of whack, then you might get burnt out physically and mentally have a hard time engaging in life. So I think it's going to start to impact key aspects of your life in significant ways, right? So work can be a source of meaning and purpose. And, you know, there are definitely benefits there. Um, but if you're working too much, it may throw, may impact your ability to connect and to play and to sleep and to, to do all those other things you should be doing, right? So I see relaxation as a way to kind of offset that a bit, to replenish the body. And I think uh, what it does is, it does increase productivity. It does replenish attention, um, helps with solidifying <clears throat> memories. Um, so there are some, some benefits there, right? Yeah. Yes. And I bet you there's a tremendous amount more if we Google it. And, and right now I'm sure there's been tons of studies on this. For sure. Yeah, I'm not sure of any studies or research off the top of my head, but my number when you asked that was like quality of life came to mind, which is what Chris touched on. Sure. And as Chris was talking, it was, of course, metaphors or comparisons and whatnot. But like, if you were to think of eh, like any mechanical device, I know we're not mechanical, but uh, your laptop, your car, it's really hot in Vancouver right now. So fans, air conditioners, whatever. You're not supposed to be running it 24 seven seven days a week. Like it's, you're just not supposed to be doing that. Can you imagine just like running your car constantly? Like that's, it's not built for that. Same with your laptop or your cell phone or whatever. You're meant to have these down times of replenishing and you're meant to have times of plugging in it to charge and doing these different things. Otherwise it's just going to wear it out. And on another level, I think that's where we're at. Like historically evolutionary wise, like there was we were hunter-gatherers, put together our shelter, find food, protect one another, but there was a lot of com camaraderie. Like we would sit around fires and tell stories and sing songs and dance and connect and, and then go back to doing the things we needed to do to survive. Mm -hmm. But I think our concept of what we need to do to survive has really changed. Like we think we need to work 50, 60 hours or have these different expectations or certain amounts of money or, but we're, we're getting really pulled apart from the things that matter the most, which is connection, health, and well-being. Yeah, well played. I think, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think if relaxation kind of helps ease the impact of stress on our bodies and minds, if you look at the benefits of minimizing stress and the impacts of stress itself, you know, quality of sleep can go up you know, uh, just better quality or better moods or um, I feel like, I don't know, easing probably interpersonal relationships and you'd be less irritable and um, probably even help with your bowels and your digestive uh, tract or system there. So I just think if you minimize 
the impact of stress or minimize how stress is, yeah, the amount you're experiencing. Yeah, so many benefits. For sure. Even, I was just going to point out that even, even the, the most highly trained pro athletes and Olympic athletes know that you need to have a day of rest. <clears throat> like that's, that's actually crucial. You can't work out seven days a week. Um, you need to have that day of rest in order for the muscle to build. Like that, that, that downtime is actually an essential part of becoming, of having better performance and, and being a better tuned athlete. And I think sure. the same, same goes for us. And I think the, the term that comes to mind here is burnout. You know, if, if we don't have uh, occasional breaks and rest periods and times to uh, detach and not be associated and identified with, with work and productivity and doing, um, if we don't have that, then we, we do run a serious risk of burning out. And we have to have some time to replenish and refill and restore uh, or else we're just gonna drain our batteries, you know? True. I was thinking back to what Brooke was saying and it's so important to see things through an evolutionary lens. Imagine if after you go hunting, you're like, let's go hunting again. Let's hunt. Right. <laughs> 10, 12 Keep hours hunting. a day. Yeah. We done hunting. Built a house. Well, let's build another house. Let's go forage. Like, well, no, we got what we need. Let's, we gotta, if you did that, you're not, uh, not going to survive, right? No, you'd be yeah. isolated. You wouldn't have a tribe around you. You wouldn't like, they were, yeah, it just wouldn't work. It's great. Yeah. Point. You'd be so exhausted physically and mentally you'd probably get eaten. Yeah. You would be eaten for sure. There we go. Let's not get eaten. Everybody. That's what we're saying. That's the message from today. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Relax. Don't get yourself Don't get eaten. eaten. Don't get eaten. Well, I think on that note, on that relaxing note, uh, I think we may just wrap up for the day. That's right with you guys. Sounds good. I might reverse sleep in. Yes, go get get a good night's sleep, reverse sleep in. I love that concept. And, uh, and that's it. So please like and subscribe on Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. Send us your questions, please, to info.mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Tell us how you relax. Uh, visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell a friend or two. But if you don't want to, that's fine. Maybe you just relax. Just rejuvenate. Uh, but until next time, we will say goodnight, everybody. Goodbye. Adios. I'm